Podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. With John Shannon, the trade deadline in the NBA has come and gone. Lots of moves, but most of them out west. Sixteen big- trades in, in all, I think, Bob. Sixteen. The biggest one with Phoenix, who I believe who get Kevin Durant, and I believe now elevate themselves to the top of the food chain in the West. I, I may be one hundred percent wrong, but they got a long way to go. I can also tell you that they're going to sell a lot more programs at the uh, crypto.com arena in Los Angeles because I'm not sure they'll recognize what the Lakers look like. Well, maybe not. Are you surprised at the Lake, what the, what the, what the Lakers did? Uh, I, the, I'm surprised they were able to get rid of Ross, Russell Westbrook. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, when you think about it and, and, you know, three, a three team trade. Really um, what they did is they got rid of Westbrook. It, it wasn't a question. Right. I don't, I don't think of Westbrook being, popular elsewhere at no, this point no but I, that's what I'm, and that's my point it, it, it's uh hey the, the west is crazy let's face it everybody's yeah. vying for a position they're trying to improve and that did not necessarily happen very much in the east uh we will discuss that and uh, what the toronto raptors did which was uh the day before the trade deadline or two days before the trade deadline and getting purtle uh eric smith and matt devlin will join us when we continue after these messages Hi, this is Bob McCowan for BetRivers.com. Hey, if you're looking for a sports book or casino app, you should check out the BetRivers Sports and Casino app today. Play all of your favorite casino games for real money anywhere and anytime. Plus, get in the action with each sports game with hundreds of sports betting options. And get ready to feel like a VIP because you'll earn both loyalty level points and bonus store points on every real money wager you make. You must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 or speak to an advisor free of charge. BetRivers.com. Well, trade deadline in the NBA came and uh, went. Uh, it wasn't overly eventful, I guess, in terms of quantity of deals, but there were some pretty big ones. Eric Smith and uh, Matt Devlin uh, both joined us today to talk a little bit about this. Uh, the Raptors did not make a deal. They made the Pearl deal a couple days before. But I gather you're not at all surprised they didn't do anything. Uh, Smitty, to you first. I, I wasn't overly shocked, Bob. I mean, there was so much chatter out there, and, and the Raptors have traditionally been a team where there's not a lot of leakage coming. So I, part of me was wondering where some of that was coming from. And I don't doubt for a minute, Bob, and, and guys that Toronto was looking. You know, Masai, Bobby wouldn't be doing their jobs if they weren't kicking the tires and taking phone calls. But at the end of the day, I just tend to think that, you know, Masai kind of explained it well on Thursday as well. Why make a bad move? Why rush into a deal right now? And if you're not getting – what you want or what you think is of value for your players, then wait until the off season. And whether it's sign and trades or whether it's other deals, when you know truly what other teams want, what other teams need, especially after the draft, why rush into it right now? So I wasn't shocked, Bob, that they uh, kind of stood pat right now. And the other thing too is why is it that all these other teams in the league wanted these players? It's because they're good. Yeah. Van Vliet's a heck of a player. OG Ananobi is one of the best defenders in the league. Gary Trent is a heck of a shooter. Like, 
there you go. these are good players. So why not keep these good players, add to it, albeit just a little bit, with what you needed in a starting center, and make a run for it in these last 26 games? Because the East just opened up a little bit more with now Durant and Kyrie out, out of the Eastern Conference. So why not at least get yourself back into a play-in position, if not higher? Yeah. Yeah, you feel the same way, Maddie? Yeah, you know, I, I think a couple of good points that Eric made. I think number one, Masai said it, and he said it early, which was, you know, a blockbuster wasn't there, right? Blockbuster wasn't there. Because a blockbuster, when you think about what Masai has done in the past with the Kawhi bringing him in, and then also Marcus Gasol, the addition of Marcus Gasol at the trade deadline, I don't think he felt that there was something there that would ultimately change. And so why not wait until the summertime? And Eric hit on it. I think the Toronto Raptors probably pulled back and said, well, wait a minute. Everybody wants OG. People are calling about Pascal. Everybody wants him, right? There's reports out that Kevin Durant told the Nets, hey, you get Pascal and I'll stay. We know everybody wants Scotty Barnes, right? That goes back to last summer. And then also you've heard about teams talking about Fred Van Vliet. And then there are other teams talking about Gary Trent Jr. Well, here they are, those five. And you write down those five names. You add in Yak, you know, Jakob Pertl. You're going to take out one of those players, put them on the bench, that they'll join Precious and they'll join So now all of a sudden you have eight and now you take a look at the depth and then Hernan Gomez, Coloco, Flynn, Thad Young all become situational type of players with respect to matchups and what have you. I, I think that that's why they pulled back. He also said something that there really isn't anything that we could have done at the deadline that we can't do come the summer, right? And so if there is those moves to be made at that time, okay, you know, then you you then have to make those decisions. But when you say Fred Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes, OG Pascal, and Jakob Pertl, that's a good, really good starting five. You know, you talk about three-point shooting. That's the one thing. He addressed that as well. That's the one thing that I look at that is still in today's NBA, right? That's the one thing that you need more of, not less of. Um, And, you know, hopefully that's something that, you know, you'll continue to have internal growth. um, And then come the summertime, depending upon what options and what they try to do, um, you know, you could see them, you know, adding that. And then in addition to that, I thought the other interesting thing was he talked about, you know, individual play and 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 some selfishness and being more selfless and those sort of things. You know, ultimately, you know, here's this opportunity, you know, over the course of the final 26 games. Typically, everybody gets what they want when you win. Yeah. Right. Everybody. And that's in any sport and that's in any company. Right. Company performs well, you know, and team performs well. Everybody's going to get what they want. Doesn't always mean that you're going to get it with that team or that company, but yet, you know, there it is for you to have. 
There's no and doubt he, they, they wanted a three-point shooter. Uh, and there, there's lots of speculation about Ananobi. But for me, the, the, the real issue here is, are you now committed to Trent Jr. and Van Vliet, both of whom can walk at the end of this season? As can Jakob Pertl. Mm-hmm. Well, are you committed to those guys because you didn't do anything else? So, Bob, I, I would say this. Everything we're talking about, the Raptors standing pat at the deadline, I don't know if Maddie agrees with me or not. I think that they've just paused what they pretty much have to do in the summertime. Because to answer your question, I just don't think, financially speaking, you're going to be able to afford to keep Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent and Jakob Pertl while looking potentially at an extension for Siakam and an extension or a new contract for OG coming down very soon in the next year or so, assuming he's still with you. And then, of course, you're not that far away from the rookie extension for Scotty Barnes. So when you look at this core of five, six guys that we're really discussing, let alone not even factoring in a precious situa, financially speaking, just the cap alone and then the luxury tax and the check that MLSC would have to cut and whatnot, I just don't see possibly financially, mathematically, how you're going to be able to keep everybody. So I would assume at least a deal, big or small, of some sort will come in the offseason because I just don't see how you keep everybody. Well, the other thing too is you're 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 paying a lot of money for uh, a bunch of players who collectively have underperformed by wins and losses. They performed last year, and and I do think that there is this underriding, you know, theme of you know what were they going to do at the deadline, um, contracts that are coming up, right? The ability to opt out, and everybody kind of concerned and. You know, Pascal putting up these unbelievable numbers, the only player in the Eastern Conference that's putting up those sort of numbers, and he'll be the first in in Raptor history to to finish with the sort of numbers that he has. And and the all-NBA, all-star type of accolades. And I think that if this team focuses on team, which is what, as we know in the past, the Raptors have done, right? They've outside it, let's throw Tampa to the side. If you sacrifice and you win you know, things will work out. And as you get to the summertime, I think a lot of it's going to, you know, to Eric's point, the pause, this allows you to now have the stretch here of games where you truly get a sense and then potentially the play in and or do I think they have the potential to get to the sixth spot? I do. It's not, it's within reach. Um, and then you see how they perform in the um, postseason. Season. And then, yeah, and then what you're going to end up having to, you know, decide is, okay, do you want to go into the tax? What can you add? And, you know, is there another big deal out there to do? And that just provides more time for Masai and that, that's a decision that will be made during the summertime. And and so he's essentially bought himself more time to decide what he ultimately wants to do. Because, again, it goes back to what Eric said and what I said earlier. Everybody's calling, asking about your guys. Hmm. <laughs> you know, everybody wants, right? You know, play, you know, teams want Fred. You've heard everybody wants OG. Uh, Pascal Siakam. Right. Gary Trent Jr. Everybody wants Scott. Wait a minute. 
You know, hey, can we put all this kind of stuff that we all got kind of caught up in over the course of the last three, four months? Can we put all that aside? And can we now down the stretch? We gave you a center. We got Jakob Pertl, who, by the way, as we know, is close with, you know, Pascal. They're very close here. And then, you know, obviously different teams, you know, they stay in touch, what have you. But now you have him here, you know, like, you know, maybe this thing really does start to work. Um and, and they decide, you know, to do something a little bit bigger in the summertime. Eric, any chance that these three wins in a row and the team seem to be playing better kind of, I don't want to use the word negatively, but blinded people to say, hey, we're not that bad and look at the East? Um, short answer, John, is say yes. But, but the longer answer is I, I would say, yeah, I wouldn't use blinded. I, here's my assessment of it, John, is I think, you know, maybe kind of piggybacking even on what Matt just said. I don't think this team was maybe as good as they played last year, or at least as, as the record said, like they went on that unreal run at 25 and 11 to finish with 48 wins and a fifth seed. And this is coming off the Tampa year where did we really think like, if we rewind to a year and a half ago and we were doing this show previewing, you know, the, the 2021, 2022 campaign, I'm going to guess that not all of us thought, or most of us thought, including all of the fans and listeners and everything else, that it was going to be a top five team. Now they ultimately flamed out and lost in six in the first round. And even Masai said it on Thursday, Hey, what do we ultimately do? We got bounced and we got beat around really bad by Philly. But then coming into this season, now suddenly, Oh, bar is set high. Expectations are super high. We're forgetting that we're less than two years removed from a Tampa terrible season and gone is Lowry and gone is Gasol and gone is almost every major piece outside of uh, Pascal and Fred from that championship team. But, hey, they won 48 wins, so now this year it's got to be second round. It's got to be conference championships. This must be 50-plus wins. And I think somewhere the answer is in the middle. So I don't believe, and I know the old saying, and it's true, you are what your record is. I don't think the Raptors are as bad as what the record says. I think they have talent. It's a matter of trying to ignite it. So now to go back in a long-winded way, John, to your question of the three wins, I look at the three wins and then go, Utah's coming to town. Then you've got Detroit. Then you've got Orlando after the break. It's not a, a, a real crazy stretch of games to finish February. You got 25, 26 games left. Yeah, we think we can get back to 500 minimum, let alone the fact we might be able to get a couple of games above. And if we do that, we suddenly are at the very least in the plan, if not making a legit run for that sixth seed. So I think that you not necessarily blinded, you're maybe awoken to the fact or awakened to the fact that we could still do something here even in spite of how bad things have done, gone, and we've improved. The Raptors are better today than they were 48 hours ago. But is it going to be enough to do everything I just talked about to go on that run? So you see, the one thing I would say to, to that is, and, and you got all of you touched on, you know, and beside it too, the lack of a three-point scorer, but the, the identity of this team was at the other end of the court. The identity of this team was supposed to be defense first. Yeah. And... Have they done anything to address that, really, Matt? Yeah, well, they have with Jakob. But but I'm going to say this, and 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 I've talked a lot about this, and I, you know, I hope people truly understand. Like the 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 rules are set up. You know, we talk a lot about defense. Everybody talks about keeping the ball in front. It's really hard. I, I'll go all the way back to when I was doing a playoff game with Doc Rivers and Mike Fratello for Turner. It was the New Jersey Nets against the Miami Heat. And prior to that game, 
you know, as you do when you work on uh, for Turner ESPN, you actually go in and meet with the coaches one-on-one. And Pat Riley said, you know, talking about defense, hey, you know, you know me, Doc, right? He goes, I want to, you know, one-on-one, you know, like you guard, you guard your guy and you can't, right? You can't today. These guys, man, they're coming downhill so fast. And you have a combination of that. You need help along that back line. So Jakob Pertl does that because you're going to get by. Um, and and I, Hito Turkoglu, I'll never forget him telling me, he goes, you know, I'm, I'm playing the same defense. Everybody's getting on me about my defense. I'm playing the same defense. I'm playing here as I did in Orlando. The difference is I had Dwight Howard back there, right? Yeah. So not the, the point of it is the rules are going to allow offenses to score because that's what the NBA wants. Right. They want high scoring games. This is the highest scoring this league has been since 1968. Since 1968. This is what they want. They do not want what they saw in the 90s. Right. And the bad boys brought it in in the late 80s. Right. To control, you know, Boston and to win it all. And, you know, so they they don't want that and so you now combine the rules where above the foul line there's no hand checking you can't do anything like that with a team that is bottom five in the league in three-point shooting and when you take a long shot what does that mean long rebound right and so long shot long rebound and it fuels it fuels the other team's offense and teams no longer are playing really in the half court. I will, you know, we'll see things change a little bit as you get toward the playoffs and, and what have you. But teams are getting out and going. And when you look at the numbers, like the Phoenix Suns in seven seconds or less, and you know what is it, Eric? Like there, people say they they wouldn't even be in the top twenty eight now yeah. to play, and they'd be thirtieth in the league in pace of play. So, you know, the point of that is is that sometimes your best defense is your offense. Right. Make a bucket, get a team to set up, get back in transit. Right. You know, instead of always racing back in transition, odd numbers are coming your way. So, um, you know, could they at times do a better job defensively? For sure. Um, But these offenses now. It's going to be really interesting because. I've had enough people say, and we heard Steve Kerr when we were, you know, out on the West Coast talking about, you know, Nick Nurse and how creative and and he's an innovator and, you know, pretty much everybody since 2019 and the way he changed defenses, literally every possession, um, how everybody is now doing that, right? And so the question becomes, okay, what is the next thing or do you – um, add like a Yaka Pirtle and add some pieces and continue to do those sort of things, right? Um, it, it's it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, kind of where the evolution now goes. And I'm just talking about collectively, but we know yeah. this. We, we know this. There's going to be 75 roughly threes taken a game. You know, Raptors had a game – where they had 110 possession, 110 shots. That doesn't include the turnovers. That doesn't include like the possessions that they've had, right? And so 
game is faster than it's ever been. I think it's harder to play D uh, than it's ever been because of the rules. You know, if they allowed hand checking above the foul line, guess what? Things would slow down in a hurry. You know, things would really slow down. So um, I kind of, you know, that's kind of where I take that. You know? What intrigues me here, guys, is this organization made a commitment to six, a bunch of six, nine players and essentially tried, tried to play without a, a true center because there isn't one on this team. Not, not really. Not a big that that's impactful. Now you get Pirtle, who I don't think is impactful as a center, but he's a decent player. Nonetheless, you're going to play him a lot. How much does this offense have to change, Smith, in order to accommodate that? Because this now becomes a more traditional-looking team with a big guy and a and some wings and and point guard. You know, I don't think. I don't think it's going to change a ton, Bob, because I think Jakob's the kind of guy that can keep up. He's not a slow, plodding, heavy-footed guy. I think he's yeah, athletic enough that he's still going to be able to move. Um, I'd give him a little bit more cred than perhaps you do as a, as a rebounder and, and a shot blocker on the defensive end and then offensively. I think because of the fact that he's a good passer and he's got good hands overall, I'm not saying you're going to sit here and necessarily run your offense through him all the time, but you have the ability to throw it down into the post or to work at him you know, from the elbows and high posts and stuff. And he's a good passer and he sees the floor well and whatnot. So I think you can do some stuff through him, Bob. So I don't think it's going to change a ton. Um, I think there's going to be an adjustment period, clearly. But I think it helps that he also knows your system, albeit, you know, three, four years removed from 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 things. So uh, I, I don't honestly anticipate it changing all the time. I think it'd be different um, if you had somebody that wasn't as athletic as he is, Um and that was, like I say, a little more plotting. So I, I'm I'm not anticipating a, a major drop off. I think it could actually help improve the offense a little bit, uh, if anything else. Yeah, the, you know, Nick Nurse's comments the other day. I mean, he was very glowing in Jakob Pertl. Um, you know, his ability to pass, and uh, I think also, you know, to Eric's point, you don't have to run anything for him on the offensive end, and I think that that will be a good thing. Right. I mean, you will, you know, maybe in a side out of bounds or something like that, you know, depending upon the situation, um, you know, but he can screen, he can roll. Uh, you know, the one thing he doesn't do, you know, is stretch the floor and, and shoot a three. Right. Um, but everything else he can do. And so, you know, did they put him in the high post a little bit like, you know, they did with Marcus Saul um, and let him pick, um, you know, um, you know, pick apart the defense a little bit. You know, we've seen that obviously with Scotty as well at his size, his ability to do it. It's intriguing. I, I, you know, the other thing is we get to the summertime. Uh, that's, you know, let's not forget, you know, Otto Porter. Yes, he's out. Um, but, you know, he's somebody that maybe this roster fits him better now, too than it did at the start, which is, you know, maybe he is, you know, that 15 minute a night, you don't have to rely on him every single night, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, come in, knock down a couple of threes where early in the season, as we know, you know, because there were so many injuries um, and, you know, everything that was going on with respect to that, that, you know, the Raptors needed him, you know, for more, than maybe what he's able to provide from a minute standpoint at this stage. So um, it's going to be interesting to watch. I, you know, I, the one thing though, I will say is that 
when you look at it and you start thinking about the starting five, it's interesting because there's really not a true two. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you're taking Gary Trent Jr. out and bringing him off of the bench. And so that to me is going to be really interesting because you're going to have Fred, you know, Scotty, OG, Pascal, and Pirtle is kind of what I'm thinking the five will be. Um, and that's a really big five with you know, Fred, right? And it kind of reminds me of what happened in the second round of 2019 when the Raptors went with, you know, Pascal, Kawhi, Serge, and Marcus Saul for stretches and Kyle Lowry. Right um, now, obviously, they had more three point shooting and you had Kawhi out there, but it's it's just an interesting mix. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know, and, 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 and also the other intriguing piece to this is putting Scotty with Pirtle in a pick and roll because you have Scotty's size with the ball. You got Pirtle's ability now. And remember, we still have Coloco as somebody that's learning, growing, and, and, and that sort of thing. And so now if you're going to use him, you know what? You may only need him now for five minutes or six or seven minutes. So that that's a positive. Um, but you put Jakob in pick and roll. You, you got Freddie on the wing. You got... You know, Pascal, you got OG in the corner, who's, you know, one of the top corner threes in, in the league. Now you're really spaced out. Now you've got Scotty and Jakob pick and roll. He's rolling. And the defense at that stage is is going to be compromised a little bit because Scotty, at his size, his ability to find others, I think could be really interesting. So, you know, I'm sure you're going to see some of that sort of look, too. We got to take a break here. We're halfway through, uh, but we'll uh, come back in a minute with uh, Smith and Devlin back after these messages. When was the last time everyone agreed on what's for dinner? You want Chinese food, they want pizza, and someone is always craving froyo. Well, there's something for everyone on DoorDash. Ordering is easy. Open up the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with our default contactless delivery setting. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BOBCAST23. That's 25% off, up to $10 in value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BOBCAST23. Don't forget, that's code BOBCAST23 for 25% off of your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. McCowan and Shannon back with uh, Eric Smith and Matt Devlin. Um I got to tell you, I, I think you guys are overrating Pirtle's uh, potential impact. L- let's face it. This guy is a only at best a decent center. He's not, he's not great. He's not a great player. He didn't play for a good team. I grant you that, but he, he, you know, that San Antonio was a crummy team and he didn't do much for them, to be honest with you. And you're changing your entire approach uh, which is fine um, if you're, you know, definitely out of the playoffs and you're you're looking to the to the future. 
And Pirtle will be a better player in two years than he is now. Um, if he's here. If he's here. Well, wherever he is, he'll be a better player. I'm just not sure he makes that much of a difference. I, I, I am really intrigued by how this team, you know, changes. I mean, you're, you're talking about taking Trent Jr. out of the starting rotation. Well, that's fine. People have been talking about that for, for ages. I know Jack Armstrong has been talking about that. Well, I get I, that. You you want a guy off the bench who can shoot. That's important. And and he's the best shooter on this team. Let's be honest. He's the best scorer on this team. Uh, I mean, Pascal Siakam accepted, but Pascal does it with, with his with his game. Trent does it by shooting. You know, how, how is a team better when a guy plays, you know, 18 minutes instead of 36? I don't well, see that. Yeah, well, I don't think that he's going to play 18 minutes. And no. I think if you go back and look at Gary's numbers when he came off the bench, he had a tremendous amount of success, you know. And and so, again, I think one of the things that even by adding this one player and having OG back, right, the depth, that to me, the biggest thing this year, the biggest thing this year was or has been the – just a lack of bench consistency. Sure, I get it. In a night out. And Chris Boucher over the last two games, if he can continue to just be that energetic Chris Boucher, crash the glass and guard and fly around, uh, he, he's been amazing, okay? Precious Achua, what he brings. Now he's back as somebody coming off of the bench. And But but Precious, who is, whose minutes are those two guys Eric, taking? But, and then they're taking Pirtle's minutes. No, they're not. They're not because you, you don't think so. No, I don't. Because remember, from a distribution standpoint, you, you have Fred and Siakam, who are two of the top three minute players in the NBA. Right. So these guys more than likely now are going to be back around 35. And you're going to have, depending upon situations. Right. You know what? Um, the other day. Boucher played 30 minutes. Okay. Yeah. And and but that, that that's up there for him. Right. I get so that. I, I think I, I I think that when you when you start laying out the minutes, I think you're gonna have a really strong eight player rotation here. And then you're gonna have and and you need more in the NBA. And then as I said earlier, you're gonna have a collection of four players, that young, Hernan Gomez, Coloco, and Flynn, that depending upon matchups and what have you, they're gonna see some time. But, but not those, much. They're not gonna see much. No, you're right. But those guys are five minutes here, seven minutes there, but that's mm -hmm. all important stuff in an NBA game where the Raptors, when they just finished four and three on a road trip, were in the three games in which they lost. And it was like in Phoenix, they're five bench players, the Raptors five bench players, and that was the game. That was the game. Well, now all of a sudden you have Precious, you have Chris and Gary. All right, I'll take that along with two other starters. I'll take that, I'll, you know, I, I think you know. I think you're. I think you might be downplaying the, just the you know having that big there, and then the other things that it allows you to do because it. Well, it, I'm interested to see whether it does or yeah. it doesn't. I'm Eric, just skeptical. Do think, Derek, do you do you think there'll be a sigh of relief in that locker room that not as many changes are made and these guys get one last chance? I think there will be, John, because I, I you know listen, they've all said. 
we don't listen. We don't watch. Yeah, okay. We all know they do. Yeah. And even if they don't, somebody's telling them about it. Um, and I, I think that has kind of hung over the team uh, for a little while now, whether it's, you know, made an impact on wins or losses or, you know, been a major distraction. I can't say because nobody has said it to me, but I, I've got to assume that it has been some sort of a distraction for everybody because I think it, it just sort of adds to piles on to we're struggling and there's chatter and who's going to go. And is there some savior coming in to fix it? Or, well, now it's, Hey, it's on you. And in fact, we actually gave you a little bit of help, whether, you know, you're in Bobcats camp that it's not a lot of help or whether you're in somebody else's camp that says, yeah, this is a significant move and it's significant help. It's on you now collectively to get it done. And this team is not fractured. I don't think there's a, a ton of unrest or, or disjointedness. I think it's a matter mm-hmm. of, you got to figure this thing out. We're, we're better than this. Everything we've talked about the last half hour, the four of us, they know this. Fred Van Vliet, in his mind, and the proof is in the pudding, is I'm a champion. I'm an all-star. Pascal Siakam, I'm, a, I'm an all-star. I'm a multi-time All-NBA guy. You know, I've, I've got a championship. OG Ananobi, I'm one of the best defenders in the league. Gary Trent, I've, I've, I'm a shooter, and I want to get paid. Jakob Pertl, new team, going back to my old team, trying to prove myself. Scotty Barnes, I'm the reigning rookie of the year. It's collectively now saying, we're good. Let's get this blank together. And I really do think that it's it's probably – to your question, a sigh that, yeah, let's go. They're giving the confidence in us. They've given us another weapon. Time to go get it done now. And I, and I, again, I think they're capable. I really do. Well, I think we Al, all Al believe. Davis I don't just know. Win, baby. <laughs> I think we all well, believe that this team is better than the record. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I, I'm actually not so, I, I'm not so sure. And really? I think that's why, the, I think that's why there was unrest in the fan base that they had to go do something. I really do. I think, you know, that, that particularly, particularly when you saw teams that, and to Eric's point about last year's record, when you saw teams that they were supposed to be equal with, you know, and have improved. And I think that that's, this is, this is a fan base now that accepts championships or nothing. Yeah. Well, it's here, here's the thing, but which is good and bad. Yeah, right. right. But, but I think Masai is of that mindset. And I think you go back to what he said he opened up with. There are no blockbusters out there. And the one thing I think we all know about Masai, he is not worried about what is being said. And he knows ultimately what he has. He knows personally what he has. Yeah. They always value what they have. And guess what? He just found out what the other 29 teams, the entire league thinks about five guys. And that's great information to have as you now move towards the summertime. Now, is this team a play-in team? Are they a sixth-place team? They can, I still think, get to the sixth spot. They're definitely a play-in team, in my opinion. The, the, The thing, again... And a little bit of this was talked about yesterday with Masai again, with respect to individual play and 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 selfishness, what have you. If they sacrifice for the team here, there's no doubt they have it. And I know they still don't have great three-point shooting, right? But you need timely threes, okay? You need timely threes. And if they have that, you have Jakob, you now have the bench. If they can stay healthy, if OG can come back, and I think the big piece in all this is OG because there has been a lot of conversation about, you know, last summer and this year and comments that are being made. And OG is 
I mean, he he's an unbelievable. When you think about what he can do defensively, his ability to guard one through five, and then his ability to knock down a three in the corner specifically. I mean, that's a high value in the league. That's why so many teams want him. So what has been his challenge? His challenge has been being healthy, 48 games last year, 43 the year prior. Um, most games I think he played off the top of my head were his rookie year. If he can stay healthy, right, and then accept that, yes, I know I'm going to do this defensively, but offensively, right, offensively within these parts that we have on the floor, if you can, if you can provide that three-point presence, and right now he's at 36.6%, you know, that's what's going to elevate you even more within not only this team, but then ultimately, you know, you'll get paid for that as well. So um, I, I, you know, you know, I think that, you know, as far as the, the fan base and everything, yeah, I think that they were like, okay, high expectations and, 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 and it didn't turn out that way, but I, I think that they're going to like who they see starting you know, it's oh. a Utah Jazz. I really do because I think that you have you met you mentioned this earlier, John, with Eric. Like, okay, now, hey, we know this is this is who we are, you know. And it and it was reported the other day that you know Masai pulled Pascal aside right after practice, and and I'm sure that conversation, you know, my guess is, and it's a pure conjecture at this point, is that you know, hey, look at. Yeah, people are calling up. Hey, this is what I think we can do. You My know, guess but, is that the conversation was about Pirtle. I'm I guessing agree. he's he, because yeah. Pirtle and Siakam, yeah, uh, the, were on this program. Well, the the TV program together. Mm-hmm. I don't no. know if any of you remember that, but yeah. but that was Yakin the first skills. interview that they did was the two yeah. of them together. That was before show. either of them had made a three. <laughs> before yeah. they made anything. Yeah. Hey, it's so. I, it, Beyond the Raptors, why was there so much less, in theory, action to improve your team oh. in the East than was the West? Because the West is way more cluttered. And I'll tell you what, I haven't seen a trade deadline like this in a long time. I mean, there was a ton of moves that were made out West. I mean, it was incredible. I think the new owner in Phoenix, Matt Ishbia, I mean, there's yeah. some great articles out there about, you know, the timeline of them getting involved, you know, with Kevin Durant. As we now know, based on reports, you know, Durant told the Nets, hey, I want Pascal, right? Obviously, that wasn't going to happen. So, you know, he, the, the, you know, they then put the attention, you know, towards Phoenix and what they would give up. They gave up four unprotected first. Uh, they're definitely in win now mode. And then all of a sudden, I think everybody reacts to that, Right. Out west, and if you look at the standings out west, you don't think you, the Kyrie trade started it? Um, no, not as not as much as the he KD doesn't move. move the needle. He doesn't move the needle like that. Durant okay. moves the needle. Durant, uh, here's oh, sure. what he's one of the best I will say this. I, I, I will say this though. To it moves this regard. This is what the Kyrie thing moved. It moved every single executive to say, okay, they just moved Kyrie. We already have the information that KD doesn't want to be in Brooklyn anymore. I'm picking up the phone to call Sean Marks. That's what it does move, right? Does 
you know, are people concerned about the Dallas Mavericks? I mean, they're a very good team. Um, you know, but I don't know that people are, are that. And then you had, you know, Memphis feels like, oh, we got to we got to do something, which I, I don't know that they did anything to really change in, in New Orleans. They did, you know, did they really change it? The Clippers really do enough. You know, I mean, I was thinking the other night, actually, Eric, when I saw Josh Richardson out there, I thought, you know, hey, he's a you know, that'll be a good pickup for somebody that's trying to, you know, uh, you know, add somebody depth wise for a postseason team and run and Pelicans did it right. Come off the bench. He's got length. He can guard the the, the player that San Antonio has. And I'm just shocked. And, and I don't know what they're asking, you know, is Doug McDermott yeah. and come in, play 15 minutes, knock down two, three threes. I mean, that's, you know, um, hey, John, John, I, I can, if I just jump in for a second there, Maddie, I think it's interesting too, in the Eastern conference that it wasn't, what did we say, you know, earlier in the program here, the Raptors, Add Pirtle, but otherwise it's collectively looking inside the locker room. We're good enough, especially with KD and Kyrie gone now and the Nets, you know, we assume maybe sliding a little bit. Boston made a minor move. Philadelphia made a minor move. But other than that, like Cleveland, Miami. They, like, Cleveland at, did their work last summer. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. But, yeah, there's nothing like, else to do. Yeah, for there, there's not much else. Like we've got what we've got, so let's go. And, but I mean, even teams down with like Atlanta made a minor move. Chicago did nothing. I think teams are saying, all right, you know what? The path is there for us. The path is there for potentially us to, to, to just be who we are, to stick with what we got, and to still be able to at the very least play in, if not play off. And, and this is my issue to maybe bring it back to Toronto a little bit as well, John. Even with the record as it stands right now, and again, arguing whether this team is better than the record or not, the Raptors have proven that they can beat the best of the best, but the flip side is they've also proven they can lose to the worst of the worst. Yeah. So now it's a matter of can you find that consistency of being who you truly should be over the last 26 games? Because, listen, if the play started today and you said to me, the Raptors are playing the Boston Celtics in the first round, I'm going to tell you, yeah, that's a tough, tall order. And I think pretty much everybody's saying Tatum and, and Brown. I don't know if the Raptors are going to be able to handle that. But you give me 26 games of this team coming together and going down the stretch, who knows? Who knows? The Raptors are not in – and this is going back to what I, the very first answer I gave you a half hour ago, 40 minutes ago. If we're realistic about where, or at least I thought this team was going into the season, I thought this team was somewhere in the five to seven range. And that's where they ultimately might land when the dust settles. Going into the year, did I think they were a top three team in the East? No, I didn't. I don't know if anybody did because I thought they were on a path to try to get there. They're not where the Celtics are right now. They're not where the 76ers are. Could they be the Cleveland Cavaliers? Yeah, I think they could. I think Cleveland has talent. When I look at that team on paper – I don't know that it jumps off the page at me that they are markedly better than the Toronto Raptors. They've played better. They've come together better. Their record says they're better. But man-to-man, pound-for-pound, I look at that roster, I don't see why the Raptors can't be the Cleveland Cavaliers. I really don't. Or even the Miami Heat, for that matter. Masai yeah, said yesterday, guys, that um, the, the, there was no blockbuster out there. Yeah. Ananobi was supposedly the guy that a lot of teams wanted. It has been reported that the Raptors turned down three first-round picks for Ananobi. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But would that kind of a deal be enough? Because effectively, you're not replacing Ananobi with anybody. You're you're just getting futures. Well, yeah, you have to you have to get money back. Yeah. Um. You know. Yeah. Well, okay. 
you have to get money back, which are players back. But I think what what Masai through all of that looked at was that, you know, at the end of the day, the deals that were there yesterday are more than likely the deals that will be there this summer. Because as we all just talked about, if you look at the East and I was just looking, you know, at the standings and, you know, Dallas is right there. Memphis is right there. Sacramento's right in the middle. You know, what's going to happen is more than likely is that this Western conference is going to, you know, unfold and there's going to be a team in there that expected more and, and it didn't happen. So now all of a sudden they're going to want to make some moves, right? I think that there's, I, I think there'll be in the off season. You mean? Yeah, I do think in the off season in the West, because the West is so bunched up right now, there is not a clear cut. Uh, definitely watch out for, you know, golden state again. Right. I mean, they went out, you know, yeah, they just brought back somebody that they know. Right. And Gary Payton, the second, right. So you bring him back, um, you know, so you, you look at, you know, a team like Portland that, you know, is kind of battling, but you know, Damon, Damian Lillard, you want to start adding with him, you know, because yeah, but they've been in that position for a long time and haven't right, done it. Correct. And so, Hey, now, and now Sacramento, right. They're having six Memphis, new Orleans. I mean, there's just a lot of teams out there that I think this summer, based upon where they finish, you know, what do they decide to do? The the other interesting thing on, from the Eastern Conference standpoint is, as you know, has been reported that, you know, you know, the Raptors weren't the only ones in the East that wanted Pirtle, right? The word was that Boston was involved and, and Washington also put their name in. And so you add Pirtle to Boston, right? And, and now all of a sudden, Right. Things, you know, turtle in Boston is he's a depth player. He's not a starter. Oh, he's a starter. Yeah. He's in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Because they've had, and then you put Robert Williams off of the bench, you know, and, and that's probably what would happen. But, you know, so, you, you know, I think that, you know, you look at that and you say, okay, Hey, again, bringing it back to the Raptors, you add a big, you needed a big, this now allows Coloco some more time, um, kind of slots everybody, you know, in their other positions. And and let's see what the 26 games. And, and, and some will also say this just delays the inevitable, right? Well, it definitely, it definitely allows you more time to contemplate what you want to do. There's no question. I mean, yeah. I talked about that, that, you know, it, it allows you, you know, you know, the time to decide, you know, what exactly do we want to keep and what direction do we want to go? And then, and then you, if, if a player then decides that contract is up and that's a free agent, you know, if they decide to leave, then you're at that point, you're, you're saying, okay, you know, can we get involved in a sign and trade? Right. And, and Mm -hmm. then, you know, that's kind of what, you know, you're looking at. Yeah, because what you're looking at heading into the offseason is the potential of two of your five starters walking away in Trent Jr. and uh, and Van Vliet. Well, you add Jakob Pertl into the mix. Yeah. And add Jakob Pertl into the well, mix. Right, exactly. I mean, and we'll see how important he becomes to this franchise over the uh, over the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah, now, and I, I mean, look, I, there's, there's a lot of, you know, 
I, I, this team to me is better than what they've played. Again, it's a three point shooting and a big. And I know, but they're not. That's not easy to get because right. So now you got your big, and maybe no. You know, Bob, you really are not big on Yak, are you? Look, I think he's he's a he's fine player, but he's not a superstar. Bob wanted more change. What did you? What did Bob? What did you want? Nothing. Well, I I thought I thought if you're gonna if you're gonna make some changes, I think you better address the Van Vliet uh, Trent Junior situation. Uh, coming up in the off season, I really uh, Ananobi is reported to have said he didn't want to be here. I thought they would. I thought that was a move that that they could make. And as I said before, let's face it, you can love Ananobi all you want to love him. And, and I don't think he's a bad player. He's a good player, but this team has won three games and he hasn't been on the court. You know, um, I think you can. This roster can play without Ananobi in it. And they could get something in return, but what so they we, were offered in return was nothing but futures. No, no, they they were off. I mean, look at their players. Players have to be involved. But but and, there wasn't a significant player. There wasn't a starter necessarily well, involved well, in that deal. So it, I know we have to go soon, but both yeah, of you just quickly. Um, how how do you view the next twenty six games, and how do you view this season would be defined as a success? Then, Matt. Success is getting into the playoffs. That's and it. That, yeah, and that and that's yeah, given everything that's happened, and I know that everybody's timeline kind of changes and everybody's thoughts kind of changes. I think that there's, and Messiah alluded to it. I mentioned it a couple of times. There's, there's a lot of things that were going on, and you know sometimes you know the play on the court and whether yeah. guys are going to be there, or not be there. Well, now everybody knows at least for the next twenty six, you're there get into the playoffs and that doesn't mean just get into the play in that means get through the play in and get into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Eric, and, Eric, and you agree? What I see it. Yeah. Same answer. I honestly, same answer. I think I, listen, John sitting here right now, as we speak, okay. As the 10th seed, but you're, you're, you're in the play in a week ago, you weren't even in the play in and you were six, seven games below 500. Yeah. I'd say it would be a success if you can get into the playoffs at this point. And then after that, hey, get me in. Just give me a give me a ticket to the dance, and I'll take it from there. So yeah, that to me would be defined as a success. I don't. I think it would be foolish of any of us right now to sit here on whatever the hell the date is, saying, oh, it's got to be a second round or a conference finals, or the team, you know, this whole season's a failure. No, at this point, and you've been scuffling for quite a while, making the playoffs. And to Matt's point, not just the play, and you have to be in the playoffs. If they make the first round, that to me is a success. And, and, and I'll say this, if they're able to get a first-round matchup with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, I just said a couple there. minutes ago, I'll take my chances, no doubt. Hey, they, they, swept, they swept Cleveland uh, this year. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know, but they swept them part, in part because they shot 42% from three. And OG, in two of those three games, locked down Donovan Mitchell. Well, let's hope he's healthy for that scenario if, in fact, it comes up. Uh, guys, we got to get out of here because time is our enemy. We thank you both for uh, being with us and for your thoughts. Uh, Eric Smith, Matt Devlin, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, boys. Thanks, guys. Back in a minute with John Shannon. Our thanks to uh, Eric Smith and Matt Devlin for being with us. Lots of opinions out there on 
specifically with the Raptors, with what they did, it wasn't a big deal, in my opinion. And it was a deal that changes the way this team will play, I think. And I, you really do? Well, I think you have to. I mean, this is a seven footer, is a, you know, this idea of the six nines. You know, we've been going through this up, down, back and forth. And I think what this said is the Raptors have given up on this idea. Messiah said, all right, we tried. It didn't work. Yeah. We have to have a center. I, 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 don't, I, don't think, I don't think it changes very much of what they're going to do at the offensive end. I mean, I, I, and, you know, I mean what is he going to do? He's going to, he's going to pass the ball better than the guy that they've had inside all, the, all this time. And how he's going to sell that? a few more picks. How do you know that? I don't. I don't think there's been a problem with how the how the guys who have been playing center have been distributing the basketball. I don't see that as a problem. This is a guy who well, averages twelve points a game. Not going to score a lot. No, that's that's my point, Bob. He's gonna he's gonna pass the ball and set a lot of picks and hopefully have some offensive rebounds. Well, I don't see have, how he's gonna. I don't see how he's gonna change the offense at all. He's gonna have rebounds, or he better have rebounds because otherwise he becomes invalid uh, completely. Yeah. yeah. I think I, you know the, 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 and we, we touched on it briefly in the show. Um, this just delays the inevitable to me. Really what is does. the inev- What is the inevitable? A they have down? to rebuild, Bob. They have to find a way. They're going to have to get rid of two or three of their core guys. Decide who the real core is, and move on. And then take a couple of years to to put this team back in championship mode. This team is not a championship team. I agreed. Agreed. So, so it's a better team than what they've shown. It's a pretty good team. Are they? I I think they are. Yeah, I think the individual talent on this on this club is uh, is better than. I'm not. I'm. You know. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. But what do you do with Van Vliet and Trent Jr. in the off season? Because both of them are going to want raises. We know that. Well, I. I And Van Vliet's going to be a big raise. (laughs) Well, they they both are. They, they both are going to be big raises in the end. I, I, I just, I don't think in the end that they're the, they're the key guys you're going to have to build around. I do think you have to build around Barnes and Siakam and in, in my world, Ananobi too, not in yours, but in mine. And I think that that's, and Barnes they've got to figure out, how to, they figure out how to bring the ball up the court. Barnes is a nice player, but he's not a superstar. Uh, Ananobi's a nice player in many ways, but he's not a star player. They got well, one star on this team. One, and that's guy's too, one guy's very young and the other guy's never healthy. So, Well, there you go. That may tell you a lot. Um, it, it is really intriguing to see what this team, this organization will do, what Masai will do, because I have no idea. <laughs> and the next 25 games with Pirtle will probably tell us a lot. In any event, here we go. It's uh, showtime. We, uh, we had a nice week. We hope... Uh, you fans enjoyed it, and uh, barring the unforeseen, we'll be back next week with something new. Thank you much for watching or listening. For John Shannon, Bob McCowan, goodbye, everybody.